This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our weekly Sunday readings. This Sunday, we are entering the fourth Sunday in the fourth week of Lent, and there's a shift in the liturgical color that you'll see today. You saw it one Sunday during the time of Christmas, actually during the time of Advent, preparing for Christmas, and you'll see it again this Sunday. It's Letare Sunday, or Rejoice, Rejoice Jerusalem, and that Rejoice comes from the entrance antiphon we'll hear in this Sunday's Holy Mass. And so there's a shift with rose-colored vestments. You might see a little bit different color in the church, and there's a different feel in the scriptures, in the readings that you'll hear that remind us that we're coming closer to the celebration of Easter. So on this fourth Sunday, I wanted to open with this prayer It's called the Litany of the Lost, and you'll hear in our gospel reading one of the three accounts of lost things that the gospel of Luke talks about. One is a lost sheep, one is a lost coin, and one is a lost son. And so as I picked up my St. Anthony book, I thought he is known as our patron for lost things, and our world in so many ways is lost. And so let's call upon Our Lady, the angels, and the saints, and particularly St. Anthony, to pray for those things that are lost. And so this is simply called the Litany of the Lost. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For those of us who have lost our health, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our peace of mind, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our housing, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our financial security, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost a loved one, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our dreams, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our talents, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our initial zeal, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our sobriety, 
St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our faith, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our self-respect, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our perspective, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our independence, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost peace within our families, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost civil peace, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our virtue, St. Anthony, pray for us. For those of us who have lost our home, St. Anthony, pray for us. And if you have a particular loss that you're grieving right now, St. Anthony, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. All loving God, you have given us St. Anthony, the patron of the lost, as an intercessor of those who are in need of your mercy. Listen to his voice as he calls out to you on our behalf and grant those things which will help us grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Anthony, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was just reflecting again on this prayer, and such an important time for us to pray for those that are lost, those that have lost their way, those that find no purpose or meaning in their lives, that there is a merciful Father, there is the one who cares, there is the one who created you, who loves you from, from the beginning of time. He loved you. And he's waiting for you to return home, that one sheep to come home, that one coin to be found, that one son who is wandering aimlessly, wanting to do his own thing, stubborn, but realizes maybe there is something better. And maybe my father will bring me back or welcome me home. And we're here to say, welcome home, come home, come into the heart of Jesus Christ. This fourth Sunday of Lent, as I've mentioned, Laetare Sunday, rejoice. And the entrance antiphon, you may hear your priest proclaim it. It may be in your, your particular missalette, comes from the book of Isaiah. Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Be joyful, all who were in mourning. Exult and be satisfied at her consoling breast. Rejoice, Jerusalem. Yes, we're still in our fasting. Yes, we're still in our penance. We're still in this time of being in the desert. But no, there is rejoicing. We have rejoicing in the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ but we are called to make sacrifices. We are called to, to pray, to fast, to refrain from certain things in order to grow deeper 
in love with Jesus. So let us let the word of God nurture us, nurture our hearts and souls. The first reading for the fourth Sunday of Lent comes from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. This is Joshua chapter five. The Lord said to Joshua, today I have removed the reproach of Egypt from you. While the Israelites were encamped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated the Passover on the evening of the 14th of the month. On the day after the Passover, they ate of the produce of the land in the form of unleavened cakes and parched grain. On that same day after the Passover, on which they ate of the produce of the land, the manna ceased. No longer was there manna for the Israelites, who that year eight of the yield of the land of Canaan. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 34. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let the soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy, and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, The Lord heard, and from all his distress, he saved him. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter five. Brothers and sisters, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And all this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading today on the fourth Sunday of Lent comes from Luke. Now, in these next few weeks, there are options for readings, and you may have a different reading at your church. There are readings for the scrutinies, for the right of election, for those candidates and catechumens who are coming into or preparing for baptism and confirmation and to receive their first Holy Eucharist at the Easter Vigil. So there are different readings optional, and we'll read from the year C for this fourth week of Lent. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. 
But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat and fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father and I shall say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, look, all these years I served you and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf? He said to him, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. How many times have we heard this gospel reading of what's known as the prodigal son, but wouldn't it be more appropriately the merciful father? And yet the gospel mentions that this 
particular parable is directed particularly to those tax collectors and 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 sinners, not to them, but in their company, the Pharisees and the scribes are complaining. They're complaining about a merciful Messiah, a merciful Messiah who is welcoming tax collectors, welcoming prostitutes, welcoming those who are being shunned from the community, those who are awkward and outcasts, those who maybe are offenders, those who are neglected, those who maybe don't follow all of the hundreds of rules. The Pharisees and scribes are complaining about Jesus's compassion to others. Why are you having compassion on these that aren't following the rules? They're not doing it the way they're supposed to do it. Why are you even giving them an ear, a hand, a heart? Why are you listening to them? Why are you including them in your kingdom? And so Jesus tells this beautiful story and beautiful religious art and books have been written about this story. And we see, I think, one of the most famous images of the the young son who comes to the father and you see his shoes are torn and, and he comes up to the father and the father embraces him. And in the background, you see the servants and in the very far background, you'll faintly see that jealous older son who's looking kind of with scorn on this treatment that his father is giving his father's son. Now the older son isn't even calling his brother, his brother. He's actually even disowning him in the language and the way he treats his brother. That's your son, your son who took your money and squandered it and left the home and treated you so poorly. He treated you, Father, with no respect, and yet you do all of these lavish things to your son, my brother. Who, who, are, who is my brother? Who are my neighbors? Don't we hear that in the gospel? And as I was reflecting, there's so many different aspects, and I've heard so many homilies and thoughts about, are you the father, the merciful father, you have the perspective of the, the son, the younger son who goes off and does his own thing and squanders and seeks compassion or forgiveness, or are you that angry older son, or are you the servants? You know, think about the servants who are watching this happen. The servants who live in the family life of this merciful father and these sons and see every day how much the father cares for his family. And they've witnessed this probably for many years, probably even for longer years than these sons have been around are the servants to the master, to the father, to the merciful father. And they know the compassion and the love that's unconditional that comes from this father. And so we could identify ourselves with one of these characters. We could put ourselves into the scene. 
one thing I want to reflect on even more in this time of Lent is how has God lavished his love on me? How has God in your life lavished his love on you? And the older son seems to think the lavishing of love and compassion only comes from the exterior, from having a party, from the ring and the finest robe that are laid upon the young son for the fattened calf and and the outward signs of love. He seems to think that that's what qualifies or constitutes love or respect. It's those outward signs that I can see. It's tangible money, lavishing items around me. That shows your love. And yet, In God's love, it's all the interior. Yes, we may be blessed with exterior things, comforts for this temporal world, but yet God's love begins with life, light. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It comes from God's love. We can't necessarily see, although it's reflected in the beauty of springtime, of daylight, of the stars, of moonlight, of the fresh air that we smell around the ocean or in that cool Christmas crispness of the wintertime when we see smoke coming from the chimney, which reminds us we have warmth and heat. But God has even a deeper love and compassion that goes beyond our senses that we can see and taste and touch a good meal, but he loves us. He gives us life. He gives us the gift of faith. If we receive it, he gives us the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, these gifts of knowledge and wisdom of patience, of joy of generosity, fruitfulness, rejoicing, rejoice Jerusalem. There's a love and an unconditional love that goes beyond a celebration of a party. And so that older son missed out on recognizing, as it says in the gospel, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. Can we even imagine that everything that God has is ours? Everything that I have is yours. It's freely given to you eternal life. Repent and believe in the gospel that God's love is never ending God's love is everlasting. God's love is merciful and will welcome us back at any time. It's important to note that this young man came to a moment. Yeah, he wasn't getting his way anymore. He wasn't getting fed. He was being treated poorly. Oh, my goodness. My my father's servants have it better than I do. I, I could have had more. But he realized somewhere down the road that he made a mistake. 
And he was willing to even verbalize that mistake. I have sinned against heaven and against you, my father. He recognized in the state he was in, I made a mistake. I really screwed up. And he was willing to turn back. You know, when we see the account of the apostles, Judas made a mistake. We had a big mistake. And he recognized that he made that mistake, but he didn't turn back. He didn't think maybe the father, maybe the master could forgive me. He thought that that was an unforgivable mistake. And he hung himself. He took his own life. Peter made a mistake several times, denying that he even knew Jesus Christ. And yet when that cock crowed, And he recognized, oh, what a mistake I have made. He did go back and he did seek the master's mercy. And so for us, will we seek the master's mercy? Will we recognize when we do make those mistakes? We're never going to stop making mistakes. I don't think ever in our lives. We're still fighting our way through and trying to resist the temptations of simple or big mistakes. And yet the word that comes out in St. Paul's writing today to the Corinthians, let's see how many times, the ministry of reconciliation, God was reconciling the world to himself, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's three times. Be reconciled to God. That's four times. Four times in that short reading, we're reminded about this turning back, turning back to the Lord. And so this is a good time during this fourth week of of Lent to turn back to the Lord, be reconciled, and receive a merciful master. He wants to bring you back home. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Have a blessed week. Peace be with you. We'll look forward to talking with you again next week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life.